Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Cut it off. Start over. This is Andy Brackett's talking to you live on the Maroon Mike podcast. I don't know who this Andrew Miller character is. Okay, yeah. Um, per Chad Mask, I am now going by Andy Brackett's, which, fine, whatever. Um, you, should I, I, a, I, you should do this full-time. You should put out a bracket. I've Okay, so I've actually thought about it. But it's one of those things where that takes a lot of time and more knowledge than I have. Like, I I said this in one of the replies, like because somebody brought like brought it up after Chad like proposed that. Like, it's not that I like am deeply deeply knowledgeable. I just know who to follow. Like I've, I I know the right people to listen to for this. You know, if, like if you I know there's a bracket matrix account, but like if you just called yourself a bracketologist and just really put your own spin on a, conglom- a conglomeration of brackets, you'd be close enough to be respectable. I think I could probably, I mean, look, I've, I've done some stuff that took my own in-depth analysis to try and get info. But uh, when like some of the stuff we did, when we were talking about laying out MSU's tournament path earlier in the season, the one thing I will say though, for as much as I love college basketball, it is very much a in-season sport for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't – because, like, I think if you're going to be good at bracketology, you need to be keeping up with college basketball year-round to get the best idea of these teams. During the summer, and, like, I'm one. I'm basically, like, it's, you know, okay, how's MSU baseball doing? And then other than that, it's locked in on football. Like, I am already thinking about football. I've, I've, I've been stopping myself from saying it because I don't want to, like – I'm thinking about college football right now a lot. Um like I'm, I'm already getting that 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 buzz for football because like football is it's like when you, it's like when you meet a cute girl at as is like your waitress at a restaurant and then you just can't stop thinking about her when you're not supposed to be you know that's college football for me I yeah, just think no, about it all the time for sure um I I I didn't want to I was I was gonna I was gonna do the tweet like that I know Big Cat from Barstool does every once in a while like he'll do it during the middle of summer when nothing's happening just like thinking about college football and it'll get like ten thousand likes. Because a lot of people are thinking about college football, I've done that a few times, and I wanted to, but well, don't like, do no, that during March. That that's the thing; it's March. You can't do it right now. Um, we we have bigger and better things to focus on. But no, anyway, uh, I was obviously I, I enjoy putting out like the bubble watch stuff for state fans. Like someone needs to put that stuff out if you're keeping up with how the team is doing. But in terms of actually like going full time and like committing to doing a bracket i don't know if i have i probably would have the time for it but at the same time it's that's a, a bigger commitment so uh yeah just go and follow there's really good accounts to follow if you're into bracketology uh jbr bracketology bracket dom dave omen which is bracket guy dave uh yeah guys like that are people you should definitely go and, and follow and uh oh god what's his is it T8 Bracketology? They follow me, so I don't want to not shout them out if they follow me. Um, but, yeah, so. Keep I'm going to Colton Watson, by the way. Yeah, you never introduce yourself. This is, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you know. Um, but, yeah, we, we had to make a big deal over me being dubbed Andy Brackets at this point. Um, there's a reason we're talking college basketball a lot. Uh, Mississippi State played a basketball game today. This was very nearly a very depressing show. I I don't know if I would have. I'm not gonna lie. I might have, you know, had something come up. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have blamed you. 
I might have. I might have. I wouldn't. You wouldn't have known. You would not. Have, if I, if I bailed on this show, you would not have known about it. You'd have thought it was for real. I'm in med school. I can say whatever I want. I could be like, oh yeah, we have a you know Oski today, and you'd have been like, I don't know what that is. I can't call you a liar. You're correct. I don't know what that is, and I I don't care. No offense. Um, so yeah, Mississippi State, uh, Florida opening around the SEC tournament. Weird game. Um, State is up as by as much as fourteen in the first half. Florida was knocking down shots early, and then went ice cold. State just started dominating in the post, which is what we said they needed to do coming in. And State's able to build out a big lead. Florida hits a few shots later in the second half to cut it to ten, going into half. And State also started a, str- a stretch to close out the first half where they just really couldn't buy a bucket. And unfortunately for State, like that continued going into the second half. They were ice cold in the second half. Uh, meanwhile, Florida was able to. Frankly, Florida was not particularly good shooting either, but they hit more shots than State did and were able to make up the ground. Crazy game goes down to the wire. Uh, You have multiple opportunities for both teams. They're late, goes to overtime, and then State looks like they're going to have this game put away um, and then just keeps turning the ball over and giving Florida easy buckets. Like State, I think, was up by as much as like seven or eight in overtime, looking like they had this game – locked away, uh, and, again, just couldn't get out of a trap to give Florida easy looks until about 11 seconds ago, Florida goes up 68-67. State gets the ball inbounded. Uh, they get it down the court to Deshaun Davis, who passes it off to Tolu Smith, who did what he did all day, uh, goes up, gets the layup. State takes a – with, like, four and a half seconds left, goes up 69-68. Timeout. Florida goes inbounds. They get a look, and they get a good look from three, and they get it with a guy who had been knocking down some shots, and it just misses. But nonetheless, it misses at the buzzer. Mississippi State wins 69-68 to in the opening round of the SEC tournament against the Florida Gators um, and will advance to take on Alabama on Friday. Stressful, stressful game. Very ugly at many points, which is not at all unusual for Mississippi State basketball. Maddening at points. Um I mentioned earlier this year that the first time I've really been mad at this team was the Ole Miss game. I was losing it at, during periods of the second half for this game. Um, but oh, dude, it was bad. I was in. I was. I said this to you, not on the podcast, right? That I was in class. Yes, I told you that a minute ago. Yeah, I was literally to, to my to my defense. In my defense, the if the game had not gone to overtime, I would not have had to watch the game during class. I would have been good. It, it My lunch started at, like, right before 12. I was able to – I had to miss a little bit of the game for, like, a, a group thing from, like, 1 to one thirty, and then I was back locked in, and I'm like, okay, we're good. And then it went to overtime. So I completely uh, interrupted, for lack of a better term, distracted a class with my – no no audio. I didn't make any sounds, but I did have some – very visible animated behavior uh, when that last shot didn't go in. That was stressful. And anybody that was like watch observing me during the first few minutes of that lecture could tell that I was like living and dying just every other moment. And they probably couldn't tell why unless they were behind me. You could tell what was going on. I'm sure they could put it together, but. Yeah, no, this, this was a, a incredibly stressful game for state fans. Um, 
for for a number of reasons. Obviously, we know the stakes that are on this game, but of course, I mean, uh, just when you you have any game like this that goes down to the wire, that's going to be uh, difficult. Um, huge day for Tolu Smith, career high twenty eight points um, on nine of nineteen shooting. He was ten of seventeen with the free throw line, so it was not great there, but uh, also had twelve rebounds. And I mean, look, he had to have a big game. He did. Obviously, I mean, you you would you would have liked him to shoot a little bit better, and like for a while, that percentage was pretty low, not just at the free throw line, and actually just on the, the field goal attempts. Because again, and I kind of talked like, the same thing happened against Vanderbilt; had some point blank range shots that just could, you couldn't get to fall. Um, but you knew Florida without Colin Castleman out there, you had a big advantage to Tolu Smith. Now, credit to Florida. Um, what are the names of these guys? I think it's Alex. Schmicks and then Jamobo. Jason uh, Jatoba or Jetaboa, whatever. Jatoba. Those were like the, the two guys like that Florida had. Uh, I got Jason because I can't say his last name. He was he actually he only scored eight points, but it felt like there was a few times he he was able to hit some, uh, hit some, get some good looks against Tolu. And then Alex, that dude apparently can just knock down from three. That's something crazy. But, like, he he defended Tolu pretty well, to give him credit. So, Florida's backups, I mean, I didn't do – Defended, thought, you know, defended the guy as well as you can when you allow his career high. Yeah. It, it was. It's weird to say when Tolu had a big game. But, like, I thought they did play respectably, to be fair. They did. They, they did. To, like, to be missing a defensive player of the year candidate, they did. Like, and you also – it's a, state Tolu also got more volume than he would typically get in a lot of games because of the situation and uh look you had to have a huge performance from tolu it's very fitting that he got the game winning bucket there in overtime um shaquille moore came out firing in this game he had 12 points like before he could blink he finished with 13 he had one single point in the second half in overtime that came via a free throw um four of 11 shooting for him one of four from deep did knock down four or five from the line uh and four assists for him Speaking of assists, Deshaun Davis, nine points, eight assists. That was a, I believe, a career high for him uh, today. Um, in, That's uh, he got odd beat. because he led – I don't know if they if they, they put up career high. I wonder if they meant Mississippi State career high because he led the Pac-12 in assists. Yeah, you would him. think if he led the Pac-12 in assists, he would have had more than – which I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, he, I think, I think his he led average the was like – with 6.6 assists. I mean, if you average 6.6, you're going to get nine at some point. Probably. Maybe he was just incredibly consistent. Who Maybe. knows? I'm not going to look up his Oregon State stats because I don't care enough. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, no, he, he had a really big day. Um, and that was crucial for State. Another bad shooting day, 2 of 14 from deep. Um, 17 of 28 from the free throw line. Not those, great. He hit those two in the first five Correct. minutes. Yeah, State did not hit a three-pointer in the second half in overtime. Um, despite having, again, good looks at it, 25-64 overall from the field, that's uh, 39%, or 14% from three, 61%, a little less than that from the free throw line. Not a great offensive day, which, again, State started off hot offensively. They were at, like, 25 points, about nine minutes to go in the first half. His, like, his season – I did look it up. His season high in assists was 11 last okay. year. So that was definitely his Mississippi State high. Got it. You would expect the like. Usually, they actually produce tournament turn a bit better than that. So you'd expect them to have that stat right. It feels like an SEC Network Plus broadcast. That'd be one thing. 
Well, it's a Mississippi State game, so if it's Mississippi State, they're going to get something wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was not a great shooting night for Mississippi State. I mean, but the big thing for them again, out rebound Florida forty six to thirty five. In terms of offensive rebounds, uh, to get the let me get, get this whole thing pulled up right here. Nine offensive rebounds for Florida, eighteen for Mississippi State. State ended up with. 14 second chance points, only nine for the Gators. Now, what kept Florida in it were turnovers. State turned the ball over 20 times in this game, and Florida wow. managed Florida managed 20 points off of those turnovers. Um, that was sort of the, the biggest thing that kept Florida around, other than just hitting some impressive shots there in, in clutch moments. And what were our points off turnovers? 13. So it wasn't like just a ridiculous margin. Like Florida turned the ball over. Uh, 16 times themselves. Um, See, we were way ahead in turnovers for the like in the first half, way ahead, and then flipped that. Yeah. It, it, some ugly moments there in, in the second half with what State was doing. I mean, I, I have this in front of me. I could look, but I don't want to – I don't want I don't, I don't to take too much time on it. Like, there was a stretch probably of about 20 minutes of game time. It felt like State made maybe two field goals. Like, it, it – it was bad, bad offense for a sure. Like, we talk about Mississippi State being a bad offensive team. That was as bad as it had been all year for a long stretch of this game at the worst possible time. Um, fortunately, their defense continued to play the way you expected to. And you had at least the one player in Tolu who was able to sort of take over. Um, because, I mean, look, I mean, you had to have him have a big game if you were going to win this one, and he did. Again, career high points, 28 for him to go along with 12 rebounds. Stressful game, but you got through it. Um, you get a very nice 69 points, which, by the way, uh, per some stats, and I found this on Gene's page, uh, Mississippi State on the year is a perfect 5-0 and when they score exactly 69 points. That's – scoring exactly 69 five times is crazy. That is a little bit weird. I, that's, I didn't that's realize it had been – I knew we had done it a couple other times. I didn't realize it was that much. We but beat look, A&M. 69-62. Um, trying to think, you beat you won this game. I, I swear there's another one. We we've had it on. We've I've been on the show. Ole Miss time. was one. Ole Miss. Um, anyway. There was one in the non-conference. Uh, Jacks. Oh, we did back to back in non-conference play. Jackson State and Nickel State both game scored sixty nine. Nice. I checked it out earlier because I I wanted to confirm that the, whoever on the message board got it right. So yeah, Jackson State, Nickel State. Uh. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and now Florida. Six, nine points in each of those games. Mississippi State is a perfect 5-0. and oh. That is incredibly nice. This is a nice team. This was a nice win. And now you will take on the Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow at noon um, at a, a chance at a big monumental victory. But, look, we can talk We can talk about that game a little it's, bit more. It's just gravy tomorrow. House so, money, baby. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was getting into. So, for obviously this game, it didn't matter how it didn't ha- matter how it happened. It just had to happen. State had to get this win, and they. I, I've thought about this a few times, and I might have said it on the show before. Like we talked about, we have the Chris Jans, the dentist line, and it's like you know playing Mississippi State is like getting a root canal without Novocaine. It's like it feels like that for state fans too. Let's be very clear, we we get that experience as well. Um, it's just we get a little bit of euphoria. Oh, I was wide awake for that. Uh... For that for that second half, there was no 
anesthetic whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, uh, we, we happened to get uh, the good payoff there at the end. And because Mississippi State wins this game, they have now put themselves in a position where they will almost certainly hear their names called on Selection Sunday and get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019, just the second time since 2009. Now, the reason that I do not just 100% lock it in is because the those bracketologist guys that I talked about that I follow, who I have a lot of respect for and I value their opinion, they're not ready to lock Mississippi State in totally either. I understand that a certain guy who does bracketology for the network broadcasting the game, they brought his name up no less than 326 times, and apparently he was set dead set. Mississippi State wins. They're locked into the tournament. And he may very well be correct. I hope he's correct. But I do not really value his opinion. So I have to keep in mind that there is always the chance that if chaos were to ensue, and just the unthinkable happens, maybe State could still be in trouble if you don't get the right results to break their way. However, I, I do expect them to be dancing now. Enough. I mean, there's been enough positive results today to make you feel pretty good too, right? Yeah, so uh, let me get that up real quick on my phone. Who do you want to lose out of Clemson and NC State? I guess Clemson. Uh, At this point, probably Clemson. Um, So as of today, these are bubble teams. Michigan lost. They will not be an at-large team. Providence lost. They're going to be sweating on Selection Sunday. Pittsburgh lost. Going to be sweating. Nevada lost. Nevada, like a week ago, felt like they were a lock for the tournament, and now they've lost like three straight quad three games. Um, mm. They, and like a lot of people had them like last four in. They might be out of the field now with this one. Oklahoma State lost. They're, they're weird. Um a lot of people bumped them up into the tournament because they won their first round game in the Big 12 tournament and then lost to Texas today. They're going to be sweating. I can't say that they're eliminated, but it's going to be close. North Carolina lost the Tar Heels, going from playing for the national championship to playing in the NIT. That's crazy. Um, we did get wins from Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers played Michigan, so like you were, you were national. You were going to the loser of that game was not making the tournament. The winner of that game, we'll see. Rutgers is probably in decent shape at this point, but it's not yet finalized. Penn State beat Illinois. Penn State's going to the tournament. Um, technically, Penn State's going to the tournament the way that Mississippi State's going to the tournament, that you can't officially make it a lock, but you're, I think you're going to see the Nittany Lions get their name called, which that's big for that program. They don't typically go. Uh, other games to be played, and I can try to pull up scores on this because I know there's some he games happening right against Kansas State, which that does, that's not a – Bubble game, but that is a good for us game. Wait, what? TCU is up one over Kansas State in the okay. You're, you're looking. I thought you said they did win. I was like, that game has not happened yet. Um, yeah, no, that's a game state you want TCU to win. So for those on don't know, TCU is like number twenty eight in the net. If TCU drops out of the top thirty, that would no longer be a quad one win for Mississippi State because it happened at home. I don't think that changes too much for state standing, but having four quad one wins looks a lot better than having three if you're Mississippi State. Um, so you want TCU to get that win. Kansas State's high enough in the net that even with a loss, TCU might stay top 30, but it's not a sure thing. Uh, actually, I'm not going to bring up this game just yet. So in terms of actual other bubble games that are still to be played, uh, I guess it, 
these games are probably just getting ready to get go uh, get going now. Um, it's Clemson, NC State tonight, right? It's going on right now. It's close. Yeah. So NC State probably safe into the field now. Um, Clemson is, I think, who you want to lose that. They have a ton of work to do and probably have to win the ACC tournament. The thing is, Clemson is capable of winning the ACC tournament because the ACC is not good. So, if we're talking about trying to avoid a bid stealer, How Clemson. Often do you say that? The ACC has not been good for a few years now. Um, it's especially bad this year because you don't even have a championship contender. Miami, maybe, but Miami also has some iffy losses on that resume. Um, Barely beat Wake today. Wake is okay, but, you know. Uh, yeah, so Clemson, you probably want them to take the loss. Uh, NC State, I think they're a lock to make – they're not a lock, but they're probably making the tournament now. Go ahead and avoid the chances of Clemson being a bid stealer. You have a big bubble game tonight in the Mountain West between New Mexico and Utah State. Utah State with a win would be probably a lock to make the tournament. New Mexico with a win still has work to do and probably needs to win the Mountain West tournament. But New Mexico does win this game. They are they like they could win the Mountain West tournament. New Mexico is again is a very weird team. They were the last team in the country to be undefeated. They started the year like trying to they started the year like 14 and 0 or something. And for a stretch had some really, really impressive wins and then just lost to a bunch of terrible teams. Um, but they're still a good team and can beat anyone in the Mountain West. Um, you know, so that's ultimately, what... I don't, I really don't think most of this matters. I think you're, I think you're in regardless. And every single one of these that I have to go bad for me to start feeling really nervous. Of no, have already gone good to where I think we don't even have to sweat it too much. I mean, I guess you want to make Realistically, you're correct. Um, I, I missed what what'd you say there at the end. I mean, I guess you want to try to make the actual field and not the play-ins, but. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think like, the state fans are going to take any tournament berth in any way that they can get it this year, which I'm fine if they have to play in Dayton, they have to play in Dayton. The last bubble game I was going to shout out. Well, let me run through these real quick since I was already going through them. Arizona State plays USC tonight. Uh, USC is already a lock to make the field. I know they were on the bubble recently. Arizona State with a win is probably feeling really good about being in, so you maybe want them to take the loss there. These are not bubble teams, but this is relevant for the next point that I was going to make. North Texas and UAB both playing this evening. Um, you really ideally want them to both – if they if you can get them knocked out of the conference a tournament, you want them to – those teams are not going to get at-large bids, but those teams are more than capable of being bid stealers. So you kind of want them to lose. Um, no, look, I agree with your point that there's been enough positive results for State that MSU is probably in a good enough shape now. The only thing is there's kind of still a wide range of opinions on MSU, and most people are going to bump them up now that they did win today. But you had some people who coming into today had them as high as a 10 seed. Then who were guys who I would respect. You also had them, some people who had them as one of the very last teams in the field. So it kind how much does a win over Florida by one point? If you had them as one of the very last teams in the field, how much do you move them up based on that? Obviously, there's other results around the country that matter that impact that as well. But what I'm getting at is if you had stayed pretty close to the cut line, they're probably still fairly close to your cut line. What if you're going to get blown out tomorrow by Alabama? I'm not trying to predict that or foreshadow it, but, like, 
even though that wouldn't be a bad loss, it'd be bad for your metrics. It would reflect negatively on your net, on your Ken Palm, Sagarin, BPI, all of that stuff that factors into selection. I'm playing devil's advocate here partially because I'm trying to play it safe. I don't want to be the one who calls state a lock and then we look back in three days and are like, man, what the heck happened? Like, that's the only reason where I'm at where I'm at. So I put it at like 95% Mississippi State's getting an at-large bid. I just know that there's that very tiny margin for error because what if we get bid stealers? I talked about the Conference USA teams. FAU is a lock to make the tournament. Like, Can you believe that out of FAU's three losses, one of them was to Ole Miss? Did they lose to Ole Miss? They lost to Ole Miss. I, th- I thought they beat – I knew they played. They're such a better was... team than Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. No, but now I remember that was – Ole Miss had that – that was Ole Miss's one good win that at the time you didn't realize was a good win um, until – well, FAU – FAU beat Florida State, but it was like, oh, Florida State's terrible. Um, so, but no, FAU's a lock to make the tournament. So if they lose, there's going to be a bid sealer, which is why the teams like North Texas and UAB, you want them out because those are teams FAU that can, beat Florida, not Florida State. I've got their schedule right here. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, that was a decent win when it was all said and done. Florida was a lot better. For much of the year compared to the way mm-hmm. they've been recently. But of course, the way we just saw, they can still play tough. Um, you you have to worry about potential bid stealers. Like I've talked about New Mexico, I talked about Clemson, Vanderbilt at this point, you know, if they get hot. Uh, thank God, freaking DePaul of all teams in the Big East, what looked like they were about to be two and oh in the big uh in the Big East tournament before Xavier was able to come back. Um, DePaul, who had won like 10 games all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just get those teams that make a run. You're unlikely to get a lot of them, but it's just one of those things that you have to pay attention to. So, yeah, I think State is pretty safely going to make the field, but I do know that there's that world if there's enough chaos. With all that being said, what was that? Where do you think we get sent? Or do you know anything about that at all? I That's one of those places things I have not looked into. I've seen a lot of projections for Denver, which that would be an incredible trip. For anyone who can make that, Birmingham. Um, Birmingham. Birmingham is the ideal one if you're a Mississippi State fan, just for attendance purposes. Um, Birmingham. That that would that would be that that would be nice, but you, you have know, to if, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got to try to make that happen. Um, already, I just lost my train of thought for a second. Anyway, Mississippi State will control their own destiny against Alabama. You beat Alabama. You're, I mean, there's no debating it. You're going to the tournament at that point. Um, I and I think if you play them respectably, you're probably safe. The big, the only thing that worries me is like if you get this crazy world where State they get dominated by Bama, and then you get you see multiple bid stealers, you see some other bubble teams continue to make runs. That's the only place that worries me. I still think State's going to the tournament. I'm, I'm I just, I, I won't say it until it's we can fully know um and i think the, the picture will be a lot clearer tomorrow even with a loss for mississippi state depending on results around the country we'll have a better idea now you'd love to just go and win and i think mississippi state can win um alabama has not been playing nearly as well recently um they did have a good comeback against auburn but auburn really is not that good of a team and the fact that they were getting shellacked by auburn 
kind of says a lot about how they've been playing recently. They obviously struggled against South Carolina. Texas A&M was taking it to them for a lot of that game. They are very clearly distracted for very obvious reasons and have not been playing. Again, they don't look like a one-seed team right now. So put it together tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure they will. Um, but do you think what's done in the SEC tournament would bump them for off their one seed line? Probably not. They're probably locked into that. Although I believe there has never been a national champion that went zero and one in their conference tournaments. So when Mississippi State wins the game tomorrow, make sure you don't pick Bama as a national champion uh, when you fill out your bracket in a week. I don't. I wouldn't pick Bama to make the Sweet Sixteen right now. I'm serious. I would pick them to lose the nine game, the eight nine to the eight nine team. They do feel a little bit like one of those teams. Um, I was feeling good about Kansas, but uh, Bill Self, um, I don't know if you saw the news on that. He's sick, sick? Uh, Okay. We don't have a big enough following that I feel like bad. Like if I spread like a rumor from a tweet that may or may not have been verified, there were a couple people saying he had a heart attack. Oh. Now, the official report is illness. But like he's oh, I thought he had like a flu or something. That's well, that because that's the reporting is that he had an illness because they're not gonna like it's not confirmed. But there in the morning there was somebody who said heart attack, and then there was like a couple other people who were like, yes, no, this is legit. Um, but I don't know if that's I have no idea if that's a legit source if it's someone who actually knows what they're talking about or someone who's just trying to spread crap. But like it started like he was not gonna be with the team today, or for the first game of the Big Twelve tournament. He's not going to be at the Big 12 tournament at all. Uh, mm. So it's something very, very serious. So I don't know the situation there. Obviously, hope everything's well with Coach Self. I mean, if it is the the, the worst side of it, we, of course, are now very familiar with how that goes. Um, so, you know, you don't wish that on anyone. Hope hope he get, uh, gets well. Uh, but, I mean, for, for Mississippi State, look, I think we've played Bama twice now. You were competitive in both of those games. You know that you can give them problems with what you can do defensively. Um, I think State's going to have a chance, and I think they can keep this game close and competitive. I think so, too. I think uh, I think Bama is uh, peaking. They peaked a little too early. And say what you want about the last two games that we've played. Uh, you, you, you know, you did enough offensively to beat Vanderbilt. You won today. You were playing your best basketball, you know, the week before that. I, you know, you could argue that state's peaking at the right time. So, you know, you got Bambo, you got them right where you want them. Would I predict a win right now? I wouldn't, but you've got a better chance. <clears throat> you got a better chance than I would say any of the teams similarly situated to you in the SEC right now. I think you have to go Tennessee and above to feel better than I would feel about Mississippi State beating them. For sure. So obviously we'll keep close tabs on that. I mean, close tabs on it. It's it's like must watch point of television. Um, what time is it? Uh, it's noon tomorrow. Oh my gosh! Again? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm it not sucks. strong it's enough. Um, I had said it one in the show. I I don't. I think that's just the way the bracket works out every single year. Um, well, I think they try to keep. I think they try to keep the teams largely like 24 hours between games, that kind of schedule. Um, at least a couple first couple of rounds when they could, if they can help it. Uh, so yeah, I was, I'd said in the, 
the show earlier in the week that like, hey, maybe I'll do some sort of a solo pod after the Alabama game if they, if they beat Alabama. Yeah, I don't know about that now. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm certainly not going to be promising that. Um, maybe like a Twitter space or something could be a, a better thing to do for that, a situation like that uh, because we'd want to be talking about Mississippi State being locked into the tournament. Um, Mississippi State probably is already locked into the tournament, but, you know, we'll, we'll – We'll find out for sure. You so, can't uh, be probably locked in. You're either locked in or you're or you're not. All right. Mississippi State has the door closed. They put the deadbolt on it. The key is in uh the deadbolt and is being like With okay, this this analogy doesn't work. Um because the deadbolt closes itself. You're um you're you're outside, you're going to work, you've put the key in, you've turned the key. All you got to do is to pull the key out. That's where we're at. Sure, yeah. The there only thing go. that can happen now is somebody can hit you in the head with a club and take your key from you. Correct. That's, that's Correct. The only thing it, that it doesn't even have to be a Mississippi State result to lock the Bulldogs in. All right, now over to baseball. But, like, right before we do that, I, we want to have a – okay, at the time, I thought we were going to have, like, a full argument about this, but I don't. I'm not interested in – really going that deep into it because ultimately it's been a couple days and it's kind of passed. We need to talk about this Twitter poll that went out a couple days ago. So from PicoCon fan account, uh, there was a hypothetical that was posed of a would you rather or you can only choose one for state fans. And one option was that Mississippi State basketball beats Florida and Alabama in the SEC tournament, therefore assuring a bid March Madness. It would also, by the way, I don't, you know, how much you care about conference tournaments, whatever, but that would be state's deepest run in the conference tournament since they won it in 09. Um, if they did that. And you'd also be talking about taking down Alabama. So a sharing a trip to March Madness. Or the baseball team wins out its non-conference slate, which I always say that. Obviously, I'm aware that you're you have midweek games throughout the entire year that are non-conference, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, your 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 typical non-conference series leading into SEC play. So, baseball wins out going into SEC play, and they worded it wrong because I think they thought Vanderbilt was the first series, but Kentucky actually is. But we'll give them like full benefit and say you handle your business against Kentucky, and then you win the series. Or was it a sweep of Vanderbilt? Which which was it? I don't know. All right, Colton doesn't remember. I uh, uh, I did not vote in this poll. I thought it was dumb. Okay. Um, but basically, the idea was: Do you either want to? You can only choose one. Basketball makes a run in the SEC tournament that assures that they will go back to the NCAA tournament, or baseball turns its season around and basically gets right back on track, where it's like, okay, this team can be can be good this year the way that we expect our program to be in baseball. And basketball was the overwhelming favorite. But there was a period at the time, early on in the poll, when it was a lot closer than I anticipated. And I actually just checked the final results, and it was still closer than I anticipated. About 65-35 or so in favor of basketball. And I, along with a few others, was absolutely stunned that anyone would be choosing baseball in this scenario. Now... This led to some discussion amongst me and Colton and a few other people. Look, 
I understand and I, I fully get some people like baseball is the favorite sport of a lot of state fans for obvious reasons. And even if the reason wasn't obvious, you are allowed to like and love whatever sport you want and value whatever you want. Yes, we are. We all have that right as fans. I just don't get how if you're just a Mississippi State fan and like what's the best you know outcome for Mississippi State, why would you choose baseball in that scenario? And I know I took it a little bit step further with one of the high, like the the scenario the thing that I laid out in a later reply, which is where you and I began to have our back and forth on it. But I mean, I don't know. It the reason I get annoyed by it and it irks me is because like we can say it's just people like what they like, but we see it like the we see how the the reaction happens in terms of people showing up to games and the attitude that people have towards the program. And I know, like, and you were right to point out, I am biased towards basketball. Um, but along with being that bias, it's like it, part of the reason I have that bias is because I've gone to the games, and there were big games that I was at when I was in school where we had a good team, and it's like no one was there because no one cared. And if it was like we can say, well, you don't actually have to choose, pick and choose which one, because like Uncle Dave had to respond and say, well, the wonderful thing is you don't actually have to choose. Sometimes you do have to choose. We see how often we have games going on at the same time. And I've just never understood. For some people, it's – I can't take seven hours out of my week to watch sports or I can't take two trips to Starkville in one weekend or I can't – Correct. Or I can't afford the tickets. So there is a a choice that is ultimately – A lot of it is is I can buy season tickets to one sport other than football. And, and that's what they do. That that's that I've seen that play out actually in my in people I know's life. They're like, I know fans that were all on the women's basketball thing, and they're like, we can't buy men's and women's tickets. So we're buying women's. Oh yeah, no, and I, I, women's basketball played a women's basketball and and women's basketball being as good as it was, and obviously you don't trade that, right? You you had, that was an incredible run. Them being as good as it was impacted men's basketball directly unfortunately in a negative way because oh, yeah. people just were like all right i'm gonna go watch the women's team you but can't so- nobody can come to the hump four times a week i'm sorry no you're, you're right like i mean if you've got if everybody's playing at home you're playing both your games at home nobody's coming off to all four games we're not we don't have enough people correct so that's where like the whole like the idea of like you don't have to make a choice comes in like no sometimes you do and I don't know, it just – I it irks me that you wouldn't take the more high-stakes thing or the game – like in the like like I was saying, the number of times I was in attendance for a game in Starkville where it's like, if we had a packed hump, this could be a big deal. And it was like – the one that always kills me, 2019 against Kentucky. That was a good Mississippi State basketball team. But the, a lot of the fans decided, well, they weren't good because they lost to Ole Miss in South Carolina early in the season. They were a freaking five-seed in the tournament. They didn't take a bad loss all season. And we had Kentucky at home on a Saturday afternoon at the hump. And there I remember I was there. Announced attendance was like nine thousand. You were at that game. How that it so, might have been. Like, that. You're all you're mad about that, and I understand. But we did pack out the gym for the LSU game that year on a weeknight. So like it balances out. I, I the LSU game was the was the game before. Were we not? I remember for some reason I remember that game being raucous. It LSU game 
the fans that were there got into it. No, State lost to LSU on a stupid. Nas Reed. Yeah. State was down one, played it out. Played for the Timberwolves. Game went to overtime. State played it out, and Nas Reed throws up a – just jacks up a prayer three that hits the rim, bounces up, and falls in to go up four with, you know, however many seconds left and the game was over. Um, There was a okay crowd, but because State lost that game, people said, well, I'm not coming to the hunt for Kentucky. So, like, that – stuff like that, that's why I get annoyed, even at just a stupid Twitter poll that does not matter because we we see – it's it's a reflection of how a lot of the fan base still feels about basketball. And again, I'm not going to – I know some of my tweets would th- make you think I'm, I'm shaming people for liking baseball more. I promise I'm not actually trying to shame people for liking baseball more. If you like baseball more, you like baseball more. It's, your, it's, it's whatever sport you like. I just – I don't understand how if you're a state fan, why would you not pick the, 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 the result that's more beneficial for state in this moment? I said this – Brother, well, okay, so I'm, I'm going to cut you off. You've been going on a while. It's my turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's really okay. No, um – in this particular moment, I think it would be short-sighted to pick baseball because this means a lot for Mississippi State, whatever. If you just really – if you really don't care about basketball and you want to pick baseball, that's fine. But if you care about Mississippi State sports, making the NCAA tournament is more important. I mean, you can always get your team baseball team fixed next week, you know, right? That being said, though, I am I do understand how like you all. I think your argument is the reason you want basketball to be better is because to be more favored uh, in the fan uh, in the fan base and more well attended is because you like basketball better. But your argument most of the time, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, is that basketball is a bigger uh, pushes the envelope a little bit more in terms of I hate the word envelope. Um, it has a much higher of, in level in terms of finances and stuff and, and exposure. It carries and, far more weight nationally than college baseball. Right. Does. My, my my counter to that is I don't think some people care. It does do the people in athletics marketing that have a budget to work with every year care? Yeah, obviously. But I don't think you know Bob Verbogachita cares what the what people in in Portland, Oregon, uh, South Dakota, uh, Florida, and New York City. Think about Mississippi State and what are and whether or not they're able to watch them on TBT or uh, TBS uh, in March. I don't. I don't think that person cares. Number one, number two, and this is what I would say. I mean, clearly we're better at one than the other, and that and that's gone on for 25, 30, 40 years. And you know, I'm sure in 1975, when you've had the 50s and 60s, and Ron Polk is a guy uh nobody who nobody knows who Ron Polk is um people would have all said basketball but now that you know that's kind of obviously been flipped people are going to say baseball so you can't fault them too much because we've been better at one that's what they grew up watching for 40 years and then number 3 this is my this is similar to what I just said but this is was my discussion the other night that I wanted to clarify if you asked you would have a very good argument for basketball, and this would be worth a discussion if you said, okay, I want – if I only had to choose one to be good, should you choose basketball? You know, matter of personal preference, financially, of course, it's better for basketball. But if you like baseball better, go then you might pick baseball. My argument was if you 
if I could sacrifice basketball to win knots of national championships in baseball, I would do it 100% of the time. Not saying I would give up a chance to go be, get, be like going to Final Fours, going to national championships, winning them, all that, because Mississippi State isn't doing that. I'm not sacrificing that. I'm sacrificing a middle-of-the-pack basketball team and putting them in the toilet for national championships in baseball every other year. Yes, sign me up. Absolutely. That's a, it's, a, it's a sacrifice worth making. You can bulldoze the hump and play in Starkville Academy Gym for all I care. I mean, now, again, if you said, would you rather Mississippi State go to the Final Four or go to the College World Series this year or any year, I'm saying Final Four. We've only been once. We've been in the uh, College World Series 13 times. You know, we'll probably get there again without the help of this magical genie granting wishes, you know. So that was my thing is that – you know, if you were going to pick just one to be successful, you should probably pick basketball. But the fact that baseball has been successful and the fact that basketball has just been what it is the past few years is going to have people leaning towards baseball. And also, again, this current the basketball team in its current state, I would complete. I, I would allow them to f- fade into complete oblivion. If it meant Mississippi State could repeat as nat- could you know stack national championships in baseball, yeah. I because as of, as of right now, on this exact in this exact moment, maybe not in this moment because last year was so bad, and you and you probably had I don't know what ticket sales were like this year, but especially as in like twenty twenty one, I'm sure baseball was making was was more than make, making its fair share of money for Mississippi State. State's one of the few schools that can turn a profit. I don't think they do it annually. Um, I think there are, like, and I'm not saying that, like, trying to drag it down. I think there have been years where it still is operates in the negative just because you don't get the TV money. Like, that's obviously uh-huh. the, the big difference. Um, And postseason does not, like, the payouts are, I don't think, are much at all compared the to the national like, championship other. merchandise stuff was a big deal. That was big. Yeah, I forget that that goes to the that, that's yeah, license merchant all that licensed merchandise was was big yeah no i mean look i i said i'm going to i'm obviously i'm going to i'm going to side with what i think is the best for mississippi state from a national relevancy standpoint and i i'm just even like i want every sport to like i'm not i think there's only one sport that i would if you told me like you can be great at that like football is the only thing where i would like it's like for even for as big as i am for men's basketball you tell me like Football can win an SEC championship next year. I'm saying let's send this team to the CBI, right? Like, I, I don't care. Like, give me a football SEC championship. Like, there's there's levels to it for sure. Um, but by and large, I don't think I'm. I'm always now, going the to favor football. The I see this in football season where they would take a baseball national championship over a football national championship, or they pick pick five national championships for your team for all your teams. And they say two for Mississippi State baseball, one for football, and I'm like, stop. That's where I draw the line. If you, if I could pick five, honest to God, if you could pick five national championships or, or in anything, Super Bowls, whatever your teams are, you should pick five for Mississippi State football. Like that, that would push the move the needle for everything else that we do. Correct. No, and look, I, I, I just I forgot what I was going to say for a second there. Um. On like on, on the basketball versus baseball side, like 
the reason I exaggerate on some and like go to the crazy hypotheticals that don't matter is just because it's the it's the little stuff that gets to me on it. Um, again, you're allowed to like what you like, but I also said this: like, there's situations where like baseball should certainly have precedent. Like, if basketball was like terrible, and let's say baseball, like you had a baseball, a huge baseball series on campus. Now we don't have to deal with this hypothetical because people are going to come to the baseball series anyway. But like, okay, actually, no. Here's the one to look at because I talked about this with Daniel. Oklahoma's coming to campus for softball. I the games are happening at the same time as baseball. I I will sit here and tell you right now. You can if you can only pick one game to go to, go to the free game and go watch softball play Oklahoma. And like they might get blown out, but that's something like you should go and pack out that stadium for. And that I that's not even meant to be an anti-baseball thing. That's just like to me that's the bigger event on campus and what you should go to. My, like, I am always going to lean towards what is the bigger thing for Mississippi State, either right now or long term. And that that's kind of where my stance is. So it's not even just a – not I'm not saying this knock at softball. Like, we get it. Softball is a smaller sport. But it's – Softball, by had, the way, beat southeastern Louisiana tonight at home. Shout out to the softball team. And yep. I didn't realize southeastern Louisiana is 19-2. and two. Until now they're 19-3. So that's a good win. Did baseball ever finally beat them? Southeast Louisiana? I didn't we have like a losing streak to them of like five or six games or something stupid? We've beaten them before. I'm not I'm not about to look that up. Dude, I, I swear like that specific school, I think there was a state had a losing streak or something dumb. I could be dead wrong. I remember that was a thing a few years ago, or it was either some school. I don't know. That's it. That, like that's like what you like, but I also feel like some of you maybe need to reevaluate priorities a little bit. And yes, I am biased, but I also I'm trying to come at from come comment come. come uh, I cannot talk because I'm getting flustered. Um, I'm trying to come at it from a perspective of what is ultimately best for MSU, and I do not understand in this ridiculous hypothetical why you would rather baseball go on a run for a couple weeks to early in the season over the basketball team locking up an NCAA tournament berth. And even though it ultimately doesn't matter, I do think it's reflective of the way a lot of the fan base feels, and that's why it bothers me. So let's talk about baseball for real. Um, they uh they won in the midweek against Valpo. Shout out to Bryce Drew. Um, 12-2, seven innings. So, you know, run rule called early. Uh, State finally got a halfway decent pitching performance. Bradley Lofton. Uh, goes six innings, pitched, strikes out 11, only gives up two hits, two earned runs, does walk five. That mm-hmm. state cannot manage to not walk a bunch of guys. But – And, again, again like, walks are up all around the country. Now, we are one of the worst teams. Yeah. But everybody's everybody's had worse, worse walks than they've had last year for the most part. Pitch clock and all that. Uh, But still – you get the 11 Ks. You only give you only two hits, two earned runs. So solid enough performance. And then Colby Holcomb comes up for the final inning because once again, it hit seven to close things out. Um, and yeah, just I guess general thoughts from you as state. Look, it's a midweek game against Valpo, but good for them to have a dominant performance because they haven't always gotten it this year. Yeah, and and what's interesting about this game, you know, Slate offered. It's been made, you know made into a lot of uh of his a lot has been made out of his fielding percentage on Twitter and other 
podcasts, stuff like that. But it was kind of kind of garbage. And he hasn't been hitting enough to keep his way in the lineup either. You know, he's hitting, you know, like 230. So you put in uh, David Marchand, who you originally thought, you know, maybe he could replace Lane Forsythe and, or or give Lane Forsythe some rest or some time to clear his head if he started struggling. Well, Lane is playing great. So you stick Marshawn at, at third, and I think some people were making a big deal that he didn't commit an error on uh, on Tuesday night. And, I mean, it's one game. But what he did do was reach base three times, uh, get a couple hits, and the one time he didn't reach base, he hit a screamer that was just caught. So very, very uh, interesting. I am, would be shocked if he's not in the uh, starting lineup tomorrow. And, you know, Slade Alford could be going the way of Landon Jordan. I don't know. I don't think – I don't wouldn't like to think so. Not th- not saying he's going to transfer midseason or try to. But, um, you know, this is those kind of things, man. I mean, it happens with teams. You, you saw it with Josh Hatcher. You saw Scotty DeBrule take a couple steps backwards uh, in the middle of the season and then have to re- re-enter the lineup. You know, it could happen for Slade Alford that he gets it together. But very interesting that uh, the lineup has – you know, been this lineup's a bit quite interesting. You know, you didn't think Bryce Chance would be in there. Dakota Jordan has been what he's been or hasn't been um, in and out of the lineup. I do have an interesting take on how you kind of fix the Ross Highfield, the uh, Hancock Hines, Kellum Clark, Bryce Chance situation. Um, I did want to talk about that. So you bat ten and see if they don't notice. Right. Exactly. So, um, I think. I mean, this is a layout out of the variables here. Luke Hancock was made out to be, you know, the worst catcher on the planet. Turns out he's actually a pretty – he's doing fine. That He had one one bad weekend where the – I think the pitchers, the catchers, everybody uh, got stolen on, you know, left and right, and that was 14 bases out of the 26 you've allowed all year in that one game. Uh, you're not, you know – or maybe 12, I don't know. It was a lot. Uh, you've gotten past that, and now you can – look up and realize that n- nobody's run on you all, all the whole time since then. They've made that adjustment. So I don't think that Luke was terrible at catcher. I do think he's a better first baseman right now. And I do think that he's a better first baseman than Hunter Hines, just from a defensive standpoint. Bryce Chance uh, can DH and play outfield. He's been hitting really, really well. You can't keep his bat out of the lineup. Uh, Kellum Clark recently has been hitting better, but you know he was hitting poorly enough that you could – Imagine a scenario where Bryce Chance takes his spot. Dakota Jordan, same thing. And then, of course, Ross Highfield, who's been, again, he didn't just magically fix all your problems at catcher, but he is good. And his bat's been really good when he's in the lineup. And the reason a lot, Dakota Jordan doesn't get mentioned in this debates, but he is in my solution. So, my solution, okay, I think you should just alternate Hancock and Highfield behind the plate. All right. And, and maybe you could go so far as to say, Highfield two games on the weekend and Hancock one game on the weekend in a midweek game. You could, and and then that way, you know, you're alternating, but Highfield's obviously getting the more high stakes uh, innings behind the plate, but whatever. The games where Highfield doesn't play, Dakota Jordan plays and Bryce Chance DHs. The games where Highfield does play, Dakota Jordan's on the bench and Bryce Chance is in the field. Hunter Hines, uh, well, or, the games where Luke is on first, Hunter Hines would have to be the DH, and Bryce Chance would still have to play. So, uh, in the outfield. But anyway, I think the odd man out, the the roles you swap in and out there are Dakota Jordan, Ross Highfield is what I'm trying to say. That is, um, 
because I don't think Dakota Jordan has done enough to be an everyday player right now. And I think Ross Highfield is still trying to get his legs under him a little bit as a freshman. And none of those other guys, you know, the potential of Kellum Clark, the power of Hunter, Hunter Hines, you're not going to uh, – you don't want to take those guys out of the lineup, especially as they've started to kind of heat up here unless you have to. Obviously, those are candidates for the chopping block if they can't figure it out. But Bryce Chance, Luke Hancock, those guys' bats have been so good. You're not you're not taking them out of the lineup. So State now has Lipscomb coming in. Uh, the Bison, and I only know that because of basketball, because they were good at basketball a few years ago. Lipscomb Bison, 5-8 and eight on the season. Opened up the year with a series win over Notre Dame, although Notre Dame, obviously, they lost their head coach to FSU. They're not as good this year. Notre Dame. Um, Dame has the lowest batting average in NCAA. Nice. Uh, they took two to three from Notre Dame, beat Southern Indiana, uh, took two or three out of Illinois Chicago, which randomly remember them from the Hattiesburg Regional in 2017. Um, wow, that was a, that was a great memory. I actually I should have known that. I did not. But the reason it's – I was that was one of my first times writing up Maroon White Nation. I think I had to write about a game recapping State playing UIC in that region. I think they're the Flames is their mascot. I could be wrong. Tennessee Tech, uh, they got a win there. Shout out to them. We all know why Tennessee Tech baseball is the greatest thing on planet Earth. Um, <laughs> and we're competitive with Auburn. They got swept but lost 7-3, 12-11, 3-4, lost – Five to ten Georgia Tech, and then fell to, across town uh, in their Nashville rivals Belmont four to one. So I mean, not a great team, but they've also they've been close in a lot of losses, and they've played a relatively tough schedule to this point. Um, that's as far as and now much analysis I'm going to give you about Lipscomb because I'm not going to dive into their lineup or their pitching rotation. But speaking of pitching, uh, he at long la- uh, at long last, our hero returns to us. TBA has entered the lineup. We may never lose again. Yeah, Mississippi State. We I spent all that time bickering over uh, hypothetical, but this was all that had to actually happen. Mississippi State baseball, they're going to win national championship this year because TBA is back. And I think I, I, it's fun to speculate what TBA means. And here's my thoughts: I think TBA means Cade Smith if he's up for it, Intima or whoever else if he's not. That's that's my theory. I think they're waiting to see what Cade feels like on Saturday. Are you buying into the Nate Dom speculation, or does that is that fully contingent on Aaron Nixon getting back healthy? Um, if I'm the coach, it's contingent on Aaron Nixon getting back healthy. But I, my thing is, I I think. Are you asking me if I think he's going to start or if I think he should start? Little of both. So if he was going to start Saturday, they'd have just announced it. There's no reason to make him TBD unless. Well, okay. I guess what do you think they're considering? It? Oh, you have you have to consider it. There's there's not there's there's not a doubt in my mind that it's being considered. You can't just have a guy give you five innings of shutout baseball against Cal and be like, oh, we're not even thinking about putting him in the lineup. He has a zero ERA ERA at this point in the season. No, you have he started before. It's a consideration. It's probably going to happen. I mean. Unless whoever, unless you send somebody out there this weekend, that's not Nate Dome, and everybody that every all three starters are good and they continue to be good, 
and you have the luxury of keeping Nate Dome in the in the bullpen, you're gonna he's gonna start at some point. If I'm the coach, I'm waiting until Aaron Nixon gets throws has a couple of appearances where he looks sharp before I move Nate Dome into the starting lineup. Unless it, you get, start getting desperate and you just cannot find starting pitching. But as far as are they considering it, I mean, you have to consider it. There's no – I'll tell you what, I bet you they were considering starting Landon Sims a little bit in 2021. Uh, considering it doesn't mean they were close to making that decision, but I think I think they have definitely considered it. They're very fortunate that they did not have to start Landon Sims in 2021. Um, sure. But – Shout out Houston Harding. Hootie who? Uh I mean, I mean, what are you looking for? Uh, the state is, I mean, yes, a sweep, obviously, but anything specific for state that I mean, I, I guess, can we avoid errors and walking people? I feel like that would be a really good start. Can honestly, can the offense have go a full weekend not having a game where they they look a little bit iffy? Because that's kind of been a for as good as the offense has been, that's sort of been a a thing this year. Yeah, I I'm not as concerned about the offense being just randomly iffy. I'm not concerned. I'm just pointing but, it out. But, but I mean, it's not not a concern. Yeah, pretty much just don't walk people. Don't boot the ball around and win three games. You're getting to the point, so pretty much every single week, right, every single week you have lost one more game than you should have. You should have been 3-0 and than VMI. You're 2-1. and one. Um, that next week, uh, I guess in those five games, you should have been 4-1. and one, You're 3-2. and two. The next week you should have been 3 Three and one, you were two and two. So basically, you've lost, you've got three games to make up. Well, you can't make up a game this week because you're supposed to go four and oh. Next week, you need to go five and oh. That makes up one game. And then you just got to keep doing that and doing that all season, trying to make up those games. You know, th- to make up three is a lot. And, and, and the way that I talk about that schedule, obviously, not all games are created equal. So you can't just, it's not as, it's not a one-off, like a zero-sum game in that situation. But you can get what I mean. You're running out of, you're running out of time for uh, to be able to pick up wins that you weren't supposed to get already. Playing Lipscomb does you no good. doesn't help you at all. You should win all three of these games, and, and winning all three means nothing. And you have nothing – basically, Lipscomb's the one playing with house money. There's nothing to gain this weekend and only, only to lose. You're not – we will have hardly anything to talk about on Monday when it comes to baseball unless we lose a game. That's basically what I'm saying. You're also running out of time, and we've said this on a few shows, to really be tinkering with the lineup and what with your bullpen and figuring out what are the arms that you're going to trust. I mean, what is – like, you got two weeks of this left to go before you're an SEC play. State's got to get that figured out pretty quickly because I understand Kentucky's not great. But like I mean, we have one week. We will be in SEC play a week from tomorrow, my brother. Yeah. I guess I'm Yeah, you're right. Okay, I was thinking about it wrong. Um so yeah, five games. Uh until like State's got to get that sorted out pretty quickly. Um I'm not going to be the one to give you answers on who you go to. I mean, I think we all feel good about Durangelo at this point. Uh Landon Gartman's going to be your guy on Sunday for the most part. And, I mean, you've got – if Knicks get healthy, then you got another guy in uh Dome that you feel good about coming out of the bullpen. But otherwise, a lot, a lot of question marks. Hopefully, Cade Smith, whatever's going on with him, 
uh, could become a factor again. Maybe Itamo is one bad game. That's kind of, I think that's the hope, but yeah, you, that's, I think if state can just get to a solid point with the pitching staff, you trust the lineup most nights to go out and be able to produce. But again, they're running out of time to get that figured out before we get out of here. Uh, football did begin spring practices. I'm not gonna have much to take away from that. I think we'll probably put our attention on football. Uh, we might do something whenever basketball is officially done. Uh, maybe we do a little bit deeper on that, but obviously at that point you're going to be in the full swing of baseball season, so a little bit more attention put there. But definitely once we get closer to the spring game, there's going to be a lot of – needs to be some focus on, you know, what are we watching for. Um, but, you know, early reports coming out of camp that, you know, hey, you know, Will Rogers is incredibly confident that he's the guy and can continue to be the guy. Mike Wright shows uh, showing some ability that he can be a guy who can come in and be, provide a package for you as a as a runner um obviously that you know that you have tight ends out there i think the four guys practicing right now uh antonio Harmon, malik ellis jacarius clayton and there was one more um one more guy who had been taking reps at tight end uh to give you four four guys out there but obviously you picked up the commitments of spivey and we all obviously knew about uh rylan Godey, so Starting to build up a little bit of a tight end room, which that's the one place you got to revamp. I'm kind of interested, for as much as I'm interested on def- uh, offense, looking new defensively, uh, what your secondary is going to look like with so many new faces. Um, who do you get in Sam linebacker as your you know pass rusher uh, in that three three five look? Kind of some interesting questions for State going into the year. Uh, so we'll talk more football uh, as you get closer to the spring game. But the biggest news football, Mississippi State, did just pick up his first commitment to class of 2024. Speaking of football, play the song. Oh, we don't have a song on this show. We should we should have our own song. I'm good. I'll pass on that. But uh we I'll, don't have the technology. Yeah. Um I already forgot the kid's name. You were the one who were Josh Flowers. About. Josh Flowers, four-star quarterback out of Mobile, held offers from Bama, Texas A&M, I think Arkansas. Um, Arkansas, Indiana. There's a uh, – I've got it right here. There is an ACC school in there. You know, obviously quarterbacks don't get as many offers because you have to be picky. But, I mean, all the offers he had were legit offers. It was Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M, Tulane, Indiana, UAB, Arkansas, and NC State. I mean, come on. I know the guys over on 247 are pretty high on him. Uh, consensus four – well, not consensus four-star, but uh, – well, I guess like 247, like the composite ranking four-star. Consensus other than ESPN. I think it's rivals, it's actually. If it's consensus other than ESPN, it's consensus, just so you all know. Well, I think rivals is the one who has him as three. In fact, I know because the only people I saw calling him three stars were rivals reporters. So, which rivals Mississippi State coverage is – we've all known about that. Well, I, you know, I say that. I know it has a reputation. I think it's starting to get a little bit better because we actually have guys devoted to the site. There are years where we have more four-stars from rivals than we do from 247. So, it does vary year by year. Um, but they're a little bit lower on him. I'm sure now that he's committed to Mississippi State, he's going to get dropped down to a three-star, and we're going to find out, oh, he never actually had a Bama offer but because that's just the way those things go. But no, look, this well, that's, looks like that's what we like to be told by correct. fans correct. of other schools. Um, ultimately, though, that's a really big pickup. Zach Arnett gets his first quarterback. 
Obviously, the big question is what does that mean for Trey Petty? Um, obviously, because you've got a, a good quarterback recruit in your backyard who I think some of the 247 guys have said he's not hearing as much contact from State lately. It kind of sounded like Leach was in on him, and that's sort of faded. And uh, Arnett and Barbe are going a different direction, which, look, ultimately you're out to do that. Um, Dude, but, that's you know, it is tough because there's some other players in his class that we would take. I don't care who's the coach. Yeah. No, it, and look, maybe it becomes a two quarterback class. You never know. But quarterback is. I don't is know, one man. I don't, I don't think you can tell a four star kid. I think you have to make a, if, to get a four star kid this early out of state, you got to make some promises. That's fair. Um, that, that is, you know, definitely fair. I, I don't know if, I don't know if you're going to get Trey Penny at this point, but that, that is kind of one of the questions here. But ultimately, regardless, like this is a good pickup for you, good offer list. It's your first commitment of 2024. Last, last two years for Josh Flowers, 57 total touchdowns and four interceptions. There you go. That's rushing and passing, but yeah, still. Yeah. Um, MSU getting back in the dual. I, I said getting back in the dual tech quarterback game as if we didn't have Chris Parson on campus right now. Um, and we just brought you have recruited one non dual threat. You have landed one non dual threat quarterback in 10 years, and it's Will Rogers. He's the one. Well, Locke and Robertson are not dual threats. They are like, there's they have mobility. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I trusted Robertson to run. Apparently, Locke was actually the better athlete. Like, uh, that, that was one of those that was one of those funny things that would always get brought up on the message board where like people would talk about wanting Robertson it Robertson in over Will because they were like, Well, Robertson can run. And then Paul Paul Jones would always just come in kind of like a like just shut everyone up, like, Yeah, if you guys actually watched him, you would understand Braden Locke is a much better runner than Sawyer Robertson is. But that's just yeah. one of those you know, you fans get the narratives in their head. I hate certain. losing both of those kids, man. And both of them get land power five opportunities too, which tells you a lot about the potential talent for them. That's mm-hmm. frustrating for your quarterback depth, but I still think you got to be excited about the guys you got going forward. So that's that's a little bit of football news here in the middle of spring with spring practices starting up. You get a big commitment, good start to the class twenty twenty four. Look, this uh, coaching staff that was put together, the emphasis was recruiting. This is a good pickup to start off with. Let's see if that's you know they can keep keep the pace with that. I think it's going to do it for us today. Big win for basketball. Like they're, you feel they're getting very close. I mean, they're, they are pro I'm going to, I'm going to use the phrase you told me not to use it. They are probably locked into the tournament, but you know, we'll, we'll find out for sure. Baseball, they need to just keep winning. Need to need to pick up some wins, get things figured out and hopefully uh, get that season turned around. So that's going to do it for us today. Thanks. Cole, and on for Mike on. Leach's birthday. See, okay. You ruined my outro. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Th- I didn't think you had something planned. All right. Um, I was. I was trying to make sure that you got it. I got it in right before you said it. I wasn't going to do anything special, but with that, thanks, Colton, for hopping on, you jerk. Uh, and as always, swing your sword, hail state, and happy birthday to the pirate.